everybody, what's going on? It is I, Jeffrey Openshaw, here for This Week in Mormons. Happy to join you this week to bring you the greatest in Latter-day Saint news. And before you ask, no, I don't know when we're going to rename this program to be something that follows the prophet. Still have no idea? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be a Christmas present. I have no idea. Find me the time to fix my domain and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, we hope you'll join us at thisweekinmormons.com. Um, and uh, you can read our blogs there. And of course, I uh, get the notes for the show, all the stories we're going to talk about. This week, by the way, quick teasers here. Mesa Temple's being rededicated. What's going on with Ward Christmas parties? Cool new tools for mission presidents. Uh, Tabernacle Choir is giving money to liberal actors. Um, the rivalry between the Deseret News, Amazon workers acting like missionaries, and of course, So Delicious and Swig, the battle, an epic time for all eternity. I'm happy to be joined this week by multiple previous guests of the show, but first time officially christened co-host. Haley Smith is here, everybody. Hi, Haley. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. You're very, you're very nice to say I that. Can't, I can't wait to put co-host on my resume tonight, right after we're done. Don't I hope it says co-host and thrice <laughs> guest yes. for, for projects I was doing. <laughs> Thrice for the Beehive fran- twice for the Beehive franchise, and once for show offs. Yes, I'll and, add that as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, where is the show offs? I know I ask you every time. I don't know. If somebody knows, let me know. I mean, we, we know Utah doesn't care about masks, so I don't see what the issue is with filming in front of an, an audience. So <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I know. Did you hear that, BYU TV? Utah doesn't care. We we can perform again. <laughs> Listen to me, BYU. T- Actually, I shouldn't insult BYU TV because they've been very kind to me in arranging for guests over the years. Yourself <laughs> included, people behind Relative Race. Like they've been very very accommodating. They know. Me. They so know. I, I love them. It's it's all good. They're very nice folks. So, uh, <laughs> what's going on in the world of Haley Smith? What's new? Oh wow! Well, you know, just um, your hair is darker than I've ever it seen. It is. Yeah. So, I just finished up a movie actually filming in Utah. It's a little independent comedy that um, some friends of mine were producing and putting together. And um, yeah, it's uh, it involves aliens. I'll say that. Um, but Will Who Forte is in it. Well, and- so did you guys build, like, was this because of when he was on show-offs? Is it like following <laughs> up on the relationship? I'm curious, like, did that actually- Yeah, well, that definitely helped. Yeah, that yeah. definitely helped. Um, so, yeah, Will was excited to come do it, and then they just brought us some of us other, you know, people You're on You're being board. very cryptic about it. I guess you, are you, can you not even <laughs> no. say what this film is? <clears throat> no, it's really fun. It, it's like a kind of a- sort of a coming of age comedy based around these high school kids this where i i play the mom of this high school girl who we've just moved from the big city of new york to a small town in idaho and you know and then this- you find the true meaning of christmas <laughs> by meeting a lumberjack <laughs> yes. <laughs> actually our characters move out to idaho to flip houses a la chip and joanna so it's pretty exciting. So yeah, that was my first time playing a house flipper. So, oh, that's that is exciting. <laughs> I guess better Chip and Joanna than what was that terrible one they did with those ones from Orange County with Tarek? Yes, yes, you know, the flip, they got flipper divorced. flop. Is that the one? I and think, they, to, I think so. And now they were they, from like my hood, like where they were flipping houses was like my immediate city. Oh, really? Like, I'd see the neighborhoods they were in. I'd be like, uh huh, uh huh, yep, yep. Oh and yeah, was, yeah. It was it was very real. And now they got they both got remarried and have their own shows, I think. 
I think so. Which is great. That means that their divorce has blessed us with twice as much programming. Twice as much programming to watch while when I go get my nails done. I don't even have cable. Yeah, it's I don't either. So. And I'm at somewhere like that. Like, like yeah. literally, the, the most HGTV I've watched live has been my mechanic shop. And yeah, just, they always have. For some reason, that's yeah. It's an auto mechanic, but they've decided this is what they want to stream and yeah. have playing. I wish they would put it on my dentist. Instead, it's like some documentary about about the ocean. And I watch every time it seems to be the part where these whales are killing things. And it's not <laughs> relaxing when you're being drilled on. What, what the whales are kill, like, did, is They're it, is killer this, whales. Is this the pseudo horror movie Orca that yes. came out in the wake of Jaws when they tried to make us afraid of orcas? Was no, it that? it's an a documentary and every time I go I'm like they only have one DVD and they just play this over and over again and it's not I'm not relaxed I just close my eyes so I don't see things in this ocean getting murdered by you other things in the a, ocean bring a DVD with you and ask them if they'll just like <laughs> I'll be like can you play up <laughs> please. please play this please cooperate Thank you. Yeah, right. Then when you get to the, you'll be under like NOS and then the part comes with the talking dogs and you won't even, you'll think you're <laughs> Yeah. Good time. Well, glad, we're glad to have you here. It's the Christmas season. Lots of good things happening. Actually, this is one thing I'm, uh, I've been thinking about. It is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's Christmas party season, both yeah. for work for many of us and for ward yeah. parties. Have you had a ward party? Are you having a ward party? Yeah, we had ours um, a couple Saturdays ago. And um, I showed up and someone walked up to me and said, hey, will you MC?" <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> really? Me? Why? <laughs> now, is, yeah. that, is, is this a thing because of your, your profession where you get, <laughs> you get pigeonholed into situations like that on a church? Like, it's like, like when, they know you're a, when they know you're a choir director yeah. professionally and they say, cool, you can be the word chorister then. This is the only calling you're ever going to <laughs> Right, for sure. I guess I guess it's similar to that. It was like me or the guy sitting next to me and he's like, I'm out. I have a call in a little while. So I was like, okay. But I really all I had to do was like list off musical numbers. It wasn't too stressful, but um it was it was fun. It was a good little breakfast. We do breakfast now. Is that like is it a rotating thing or do you only do breakfast every year? No, like for the last so many years, it's just been breakfast. I think it's just everyone's schedules get crazy and nobody wants to give up a Friday or Saturday night, I think. I don't know, unless they're going to get a really good meal out of it or something. But. Well, you could provide that. I mean, so mine, mine's different because my bishop is adamantly against the morning shift. We we have one because we have three wards in our building and they usually rotate. Yeah. On the times when, and it's dependent. In recent years, we've tried to... Uh, Combined efforts in terms of decoration. That way, it's not one ward doing a yep. whole thing, then tearing it down, then another one doing it. But to facilitate that and not get in the way of Sunday, it's like one ward's Friday night, one ward is Saturday morning, yep. one ward is Saturday night. Um, but ours, my bishop right now is the agent bishop, which is a thing I didn't even know about until I was in oh. a bishop. Uh, do you know the agent bishop? You know, the, so there's a, a bishop. If you have multiple units in a building, one of the yeah. bishops is the one like responsible for the building and can like call oh. the shots on what happens to the building in terms okay. of furniture or artwork yeah. or upkeep, all these sorts of things. Okay. So it's not like or a scheduling. secret agent. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Everyone like, knows. It's but maybe agent. it is because I didn't know. Yeah. I never knew about it either until I was in my current <laughs> so calling. So it's a little secret. And, 
<laughs> but it's pretty funny to me because he's just like, no, we're not doing breakfast. We're never going to do breakfast. I'm never, ever going to take the breakfast slot if I can avoid it. So we're having ours uh, this weekend. And my wife got saddled with handling the entertainment portion of the evening. Uh, and she was like, I don't even know if we're going to be going to this. And they want me to like, Yeah. See? Because you have plans. No. Yeah. That's, no, that's a lot of honestly, work. Honestly, I know our listeners are tired of it. I don't know if we have plans as much as we don't know if we want to be in a cultural hall with our entire oh, unmasked a ward. super spreader. Noshing, noshing hard. Yeah. That's, that's true. Like I went to a work party last week, but yeah. everyone's required to be vaccinated at yeah. work. So I wasn't as stressed out about it, but we yeah. can't do that in our ward situation. So I'm kind of like, right. okay, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know yet. We'll see. Oh yeah. It'll be a game time decision for sure. Now, did you guys have Santa though at your party? That is my- Um, No. I see all- all walks I see in our Yeah, trip. no, we didn't. Um, yeah, I can't I don't know that anyone is like opposed to Santa in my ward, but I've I've sat in on meetings where where I've been in, you know, presidencies that were in charge of the Christmas party and Santa is always a hot topic, like do we or don't we? And I and I don't know. I just I'm always just like, I don't know, do we have someone who has a suit and is willing to do it? <laughs> I don't see like what the big deal is. I think the kids love it. And if someone wants to do it, I think it's great. Some people like get really worked up about Santa though. And, it's, and I don't know if it's just, I think some view like, is the work Christmas party a goofy time? Is it yeah. a time to convene and be reverential about the savior and you know the, the true meaning of Christmas, which is important and all that? Yeah. yeah and I've seen a mix. Um, I've seen, been in some meetings where people were militantly anti-Santa. Like they're just like, no, if you do Santa, we're not going to bring our family. Okay. (laughs) Wow. And then I've been in other wards where like the way they advertise the entire party is saying, oh, guess who's almost here. And it's like, (laughs) he's in the flyers and there's no mention of Jesus anywhere or anything like that. It's just Santa time. I don't know. It's always been a mix. I like Santa parties. It's just fun for the kids. But it's also like, I mean, along the same lines, I mean, it's not seasonal right now, but also I've like been in meetings where, or awards where they're like, we don't have a Halloween party. It is a fall festival because, like, we don't. Because the thing's like pagan or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Mormons love Halloween. Sorry, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints love Halloween. They love decorating their trunks and scaring people and doing fancy, like, haunted houses with smoke and all, you know. Smoke oh, yeah. fog it, machines. So it, it's just kind of funny when we pretend that we don't love to, you know, who would engage not, in pagan yeah, rituals. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. I mean, it's I mean, who cares? Hall- yeah, Halloween's a Celtic thing and it's great. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Everyone <laughs> should love Halloween. One of my fondest memories is when I was a priest, they did kind of they wanted to do like a spook. They'd had to hold like a whole ward Halloween yes. party back then. And they they had us we had one of those older buildings that had, you know, got, the, got the cultural hall. We have the uh-huh. stage, but ours was like a very legitimate, you know, higher stage. It actually had classrooms at the stage level off to in the yes. wings. Yes. Uh-huh. You've ever seen ones like that? Uh-huh. And then above the classrooms, there was storage. Big staging yep. area where back then you could do like legitimate productions of things. Full show, yeah. Stuff like that. So um, I remember they asked us to do a spook alley as the priests, which was just awesome. And, uh, and we utilized both the rooms. And this was the kind of thing where we're like 16 and 17-year-old guys and so our every goal is just to terrorize everyone as much as humanly possible <laughs> yes so like i went and bought a fog machine because i figured why not yeah. I, it served me well for many years we had a fog machine and then when, when, when they went to the last room 
Um, it was dark until a strobe light turned on and one of the guys wore a Freddy mask and had a chainsaw. <laughs> See? We'd, That's like- we had, we had a signal though. If it was younger <laughs> primary kids coming through, we had like a signal to say not do that, and then we just kind of stand there and let yeah. pass by. But it was uh, that is so funny. I think when I was a Laurel back when we were Laurels and we had Laurel projects, planning the Ward Halloween party was my Laurel project. See, uh huh. And we, I do remember we specifically assigned the priests to do the spook alley on the stage. When did the Ward Halloween party kind of give way to trunk or treat being the norm? I don't know if anyone who does Ward Halloween parties anymore. It's it's almost always just a trunk or treat. Maybe some kind of food might be yeah, part of it. Yeah, I mean, we never see it as a party. We party. do it every year. I think it still is called a fall festival. But but yeah, definitely trunk or treat. But we do games like in the rooms. And But la- a couple of years ago, because I don't think we had one last year, um, the fog machine set off the fire alarm. And then we all had to evacuate the building <laughs> and start the trunk or treat early and wait for the fire department. I'm surprised the fog machine would set it off though, because I mean they're well. That's that's not- what I know. That's still what we think. We can't figure out. <laughs> so this year they're like, no fog machines. <laughs> you could use laser lights, whatever. But I don't know. I didn't. I didn't give too much thought to it since I was. I'm just going to get my that. fog machine and bring it out for the Christmas party this weekend, just for no reason. <laughs> it's going to be great. Nobody'll see anybody. Test it out. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, we hope uh, we hope your Ward Halloween party season is is going great. I'm going to dive into another story real quick. This one actually just broke tonight. So um, I forgot we even put an article about it over this week in Mormon. So as you know, the uh, you know the Salt Lake Temple is being renovated. It's been kind of hard to miss that one. I would say if you're a member of our of our faith, considering President Nelson spent time walking around at the last conference and gave us a video about it and stuff. So uh, the Temple Project started back in December of 2019. Uh, and just as a reminder, it is not just like a nice, Hey, let's clean up the temple thing. It is. I mean, they are replacing all kinds of stuff. I think this was born out of the need to seismically retrofit the temple. And now they've used Mm -hmm. it as an opportunity to just do a whole lot more to it. But a big part of it is that, I mean, if you, if you follow the church's pages, they've done stuff like replaced all the trusses that support the roof in the temple with stronger ones. Uh, they famously have dug out all the way down to the original foundation to try to install all this stuff. It's a big undertaking. And then on on part of that, they also got rid of the existing annex. They got rid of that chapel. All that stuff's going to be redone. And they're going to redo the whole way you access the temple. And there's going to be two baptistries. And they're changing the interior. And they're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, it was supposed to take about four years from the time they announced it, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a reasonable time frame for the level of effort involved. Yeah. Uh, but then just tonight, the First Presidency kind of quietly released a statement. The church has sort of an ongoing article about just like monthly updates on the temple. And the first presidency pretty much just said, uh, as the temple project has progressed, we've learned a great deal about the condition of the temple and its surroundings, which I'm assuming means not for the best based on what they tell us afterwards, because they say, yes, this is wonderful work being guided by the first presidency, but it's now anticipated that the temple and its surroundings will be completed in 2025. So- Best case, that could mean like January 2025. So it's only 13 months off the mark, or it could be a full like two years later. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, what does that mean? The surroundings. I mean, they started, <laughs> they, they've started other projects that weren't initially announced because yeah. things they didn't. So the first thing was, um, Oh, they're redoing the plaza in between the church administration building and the church office building. You know, they had that giant fountain yeah. and all that. So that's gone. So they're putting in this. This beautiful around the world flags display, and the oh, idea okay. here, is the, nice. the idea behind a lot of this is to improve sight lines to the temple itself. Because before that pesky fountain, if you were standing <laughs> east of the fountain, 
you couldn't see the temple. You saw a water effect. I mean, that's no good. So oh, they, right. So they're they're changing that. And then they that wasn't planned initially. And then they've also recently torn down the North Visitor Center, the one oh. that had the Krista statue in it, which was oh, not part of Oh, really? The okay. So that oh. is also gone. And they said that was also to enhance the sight lines to see the temple itself because all these other structures okay. were blocking the view to it, apparently. So, uh, wow. I mean, I assume they undertook those demolitions and they're not replaced. I mean, the, the one, they're not replacing the visitor center with another building. They're basically make, give, giving it some kind of thoughtful, contemplative garden type Right, space. right. So maybe just to have more grounds and less external yeah, yeah, which is also why if you go to Temple Square right now for the the lights, it's a little bit of a, uh, uh, it's not as expansive of an experience as it might have been. There's, <laughs> You're there's, just, there's just walking a, through construction. There's a little wedge of area in Temple Square you can move into the other building. So anyway, so we, they didn't say much more about it or what they've learned that is, you know, the condition of the temple and its surroundings. Uh, they didn't specify, but for whatever reason now, it's going to take a little bit longer to get that Salt Lake Temple back online, years longer. Wow. Well, it's too bad that there's no other temples in Utah for people to go to. That's the bad part. (laughs) What do they do? do? Only 25 or something. I don't know. (laughs) There's so many. We wrote an an article once here uh, at TWIM where I think it was a joke like, hey, we need three more temples in Utah to get 20 temples. Nice round number. And then we've like blown past that now. So. Oh, wow. I don't know. No, it's, it's great. Yeah. So good job. Good job. Sorry, Salt, sorry, Salt Lake people. You'll just have to go to Bonneville <laughs> or by the time it happens, Taylorsville or Jordan River or yeah. Poker or the one in Tuella will probably be done by the who knows. It's, yeah. That'll be exciting though. That will be an It's gonna be a big deal. Day. And they, they they kind of mentioned in the statement they're excited for when it comes back to open its doors to the public. They basically said that. Like it's and we know that's mm-hmm. gonna happen, but of course it'll be a big deal when they Oh yeah. Have the public open house for it. It'll be the biggest open house since the one they're going to have out here when they finally do uh, DC next year. We've had ours closed for four years. So. Oh, wow. Oh, the DC temple is beautiful. It's lovely. And my favorite thing about it, if you do a session, Mm -hmm. unlike a lot of temples where there's the, there's the aisle in the middle and then you separate by gender. Yeah. The aisles are on the sides. Yeah. Like a like a movie theater. Uh And so if you get there at the right time with your beloved. Yep. You can literally just sit right next to them, it's just, which is just kind of fun. I hope they haven't That's gotten rid great. of that. I don't see why they would, but it's a fun little feature. I love that. Yeah, yeah I nice. have been to that temple once. It was a long time ago, but that would be exciting. It's a cool building. Well, speaking of right. temples, yes, we have yes. to talk about the Mesa Temple and everything that has been you know, upgraded in that area into the temple and all that. Just got dedicated, right? Oh uh, yeah, over the weekend, yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more about this. <laughs> well, I was just looking at some pictures. My family lives in Gilbert and Mesa, and they were excited when they got to go to the open house. And so they were telling us how beautiful it is. And my mother-in-law says it's very beautiful. I don't know if it's my taste, but it's beautiful. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means. It makes What's me want to go. <laughs> I'm like, can I have more details? But she's like, it was an interesting color palette. I don't know. So Is she I, the temple itself? Yeah, color, in, yeah, inside, I guess. But um, I was looking at pictures and I was like, the or reading about the grounds and there's like 300 trees or something. And I was like, it's like a little Garden of Versailles with all the- Yeah, it's definitely that level. 
Yeah. Definitely that level. It's the yeah. same. It's, it's basically a, yeah. the same. There's like, a giant pond in the shape of a cross. It's the Lorangerie, covers- <laughs> just in Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I thought it looked very nice. And um, I thought it's very cool that they put the visitor center kind of across, like, you know, a block or so away or something. Yeah, before of- it was just like right next to it. I mean, the upside yeah. to that was if you had needs, like the visitor center was right next to the temple, basically, which is maybe yeah. easier. You know, like if you, I don't know, if you had a, a ceiling and people couldn't go in or whatever, you know, people were watching kids, you got a visitor center right yeah. there. Now, it's, now yeah. it's just up at the uh, other end of the street, which is. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, they'll probably be fine. <laughs> <But> I hope so. <laughs> but they had to have room too for it. They're going to keep doing the pageants and like, I mean, Mesa, they just get everything. Does Mesa, I for, see, I should know this. Does Mesa actually get to keep doing their, th- yeah, their pageants? Yeah, that's what it said in the They're article the few, I read. Right? Easter pageant will be going strong, which not everyone gets an Easter pageant. So, What is behind some pageants being canceled, but other ones remaining? I mean, I know it's because they view the Mason one as a bit more localized, and that's part of it compared to something like Hill Kimura, which is very regional. People come from all over to be involved in it and come to it. Yeah. A lot of people don't, I don't think that, the, I don't know if the Mesa pageant's ever been viewed as one for which people like travel as a main. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm sure it's it's like an annual tradition for lots of families. No, no offense of to families. the people who do. I'm no. Not yeah, no, for sure. Maybe it's like how many tickets you, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't think they sell them, but how many tickets you get reserved? I don't know. I wonder, is it, do you think it's a calling like to be the pageant master? Like you get called in and you're like, I don't know. You're going to be in charge of the pageant. That would be a big job. I don't know. It was um like <laughs> last year we interviewed Meryl Jensen, the uh-huh. uh, composer. I don't think he was involved in Mesa, but he was involved in like Hilkamora and the Manti pageant and stuff. Uh-huh. And it was pretty interesting hearing about someone who like wrote all the music for those things and and, the, yeah. and his his direct work with Salt Lake to do that and like getting notes from apostles and having to shoot them down. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. I'm going to plug that one, folks. That's a hilarious interview if you ever want to listen to it because it's really funny to hear someone tell a story about how there's like general authorities saying, you need to have this, this, this in there. And he's like, no, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that doesn't work for this project. I'm sorry. I know you want this in there. Um, That just gives a whole new meaning to selling your soul or your art. (laughs) Because can you call it that if you're... (laughs) Giving so, things up for um, for presidency. So here's one thing I like. You noticed, you know, part of it wasn't just the temple and moving the visitor center. The church used this as a chance to invest more in the area and redevelop yeah. a lot of other parcels that the church already owned. And the area around the Mesa Temple, Mesa, the Mesa Temple was built a long time ago when Mesa was just this little outlier. I mean, Phoenix was barely anything back then either, right? Yeah. Um, it's an older temple. And as such, Older neighborhoods have kind of remained around it. Uh, I'm not going to say run down necessarily, but if you've been there in the past, you've noticed it's like, okay, you know, uh, like no judgment calls one way or the other, but a lot of times our temples go into more Tony neighborhoods, um, but not the case with the Mesa temple. And so the church, I think, wanted to preserve the area around the temple and to provide benefit to the city invested in some mixed use developments, you know, with retail and apartments, even actually building some houses nearby, a whole number of different projects. There's some people who, um, who have met this with not as much enthusiasm because they think like, oh. why is the church, you know, why is the church getting into all this kind of 
stuff. It's this whole logic behind City Creek. Why are yeah. we doing all these? My favorite thing, though, in the, in the articles, it says the City Creek Reserve, the organization uh-huh. that this invested this real estate arm, worked with Scottsdale-based Dale Gordon Design to plant the vibrant transit-oriented neighborhood, which features diverse residential unit sizes, comfortably scaled buildings, and here's my favorite part, Mesa Authentic Architecture. <laughs> okay. What is Mesa Authentic <laughs> Architecture? Know. I've been to Mesa. Isn't Mesa Authentic Architecture just tract housing and, and, <laughs> and malls? Like, I, what, or what architecture is unique to Mesa in that sense? That I, I don't know. The, I don't, I've never known this. I'm serious. If I'm, if I'm ignorant. So it's not like Arizona architecture or Southwest. Yeah, or Southwestern architecture. Something Specifically. Very specific. Mesa architecture. If they mean what? they tried to style it after the Mesa Temple, then the, okay, so that's like okay, so that's like Temple of Solomon architecture. Then I don't know who's <laughs> going to want to live in those townhouses, but <laughs> yeah, okay. right. Very curious what what Mesa authentic architecture means, especially as opposed to what is what is inauthentic architecture for Mesa. I mean, what does that mean? Is it is it East Mesa or West Mesa? Because we know there's very different worlds, oh different gosh. income brackets. I don't know what this means, but you know. Oh man, I just know I've gone to some really good taco places, so I don't know. <laughs> I need to brush up on my Mesa architecture. No, apparently we all do, right? Because <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. It's studied at all the greatest schools. <laughs> And I've oh, just been man. thinking about my stomach this whole time. Okay. Oh boy. So, anyways, good times there. Glad to see that happening. I'm glad for the Temple era. Now it's dedicated, and uh, yeah. happy times for all of them. I'll use this chance, by the way, to plug. Um, since we're on temples, we've been templing a bit. We might as well stick it with the temples. Mm-hmm. We have our a chance to vote for Temple of the Year up at thisweekinmormons.com. Our boy Corey wrote an, a great post there. A uh, lot of temple renderings released in 2021. Not the most. But um, 25 new temple designs came out in the calendar year 2021. Wow. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole lot of temple designs. And you can vote on all of them across categories such as best appeal to local heritage, like which one embraces authentic regional architecture, for mm-hmm. example, like Mesa. Best uh, modern neoclassical contemporary design, modest is hottest, most deserved temple, best in the US, <laughs> best in Latin America, best in the Eastern Hemisphere. Best single story, best multi-story, and then best temple of the year. All these wow. categories, simple Google voting form. Um, yeah. and you can see the pictures of every single temple on our website. If you yeah. go to I have to say, I looked through the, through the pictures and I I really, I'm from Colorado, but you know, so I'm biased, but I did think the Grand Junction one looked pretty, pretty nice. I, I They have like the little triangle roof thing on top i don't know that was pretty cool i've got to see I, i'm, I'm looking at it right now that. i'm not trying to find grand junction yeah again. it kind of you know took me by surprise i was like okay that's different i haven't seen there's that there's a bunch of temples that look a lot like that one well there's like a lot have the little like how do you say it? couple stipula, stipula. <laughs> the round um, i'm not, not going to help you i'm just going to enjoy watching the <laughs> But oh, yeah, there's grand, there's as a junction. triangle. Yeah, yeah. A copula. Yeah, I like that. I can dig it. Well, I think it's I think we call those pyramids, Haley. When the oh. triangles <laughs> are three-dimensional <laughs> and join at different sides to make a pyramid shape. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to read all about architecture all week. And how to pronounce cupola. Cupola? Cupula? Scapula? Scapula? Scapula. I know how to spell it. It's a cute. It's a cupula, right? Cupula. cupula? Sure. 
cupula. I'm looking at the uh, phonetic spelling for it, and it's so it's a. Now you got me doubting myself. You know, it's like when you. Sorry, no. You, know, you see a word too many times, and it starts yes. getting weird. Yes. Yes. No, my daughter, who's 21, she's very cute. She's read so many books over her years, but even at age 21, every once in a while, she'll come out with a word that she uses it correctly, but she pronounces it incorrectly. And it's just so cute. And we love to correct like her. every member of the church who says there is a law oh. irrevocably decreed in heaven. <laughs> That's one of those words. Just, just so you know, folks, the word is, is irrevocably. That's irrevocably. how we pronounce the word. But we all say irrevocably. It's just one of those irrevocably. things. Irrevocably. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I once tried, I was actually looking into writing an article for the the site about like words Mormons use incorrectly, but mm. I really only thought of like three or four. I didn't think it was enough to merit an entire exploration of those things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the 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 uh, Grand Junction one's all right. That one's all right. I can dig that. Yeah. Um, it's I different. Like the, the, I like the Belo Horizonte Brazil Temple. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a mini Cardston or oh. Meridian Idaho. Looks like a little mini me version of that. Everyone knows I'm biased about the Yorba Linda California Temple because that is my the that is that is my land. That's but where I you genuinely hail from. for all the temples that appear to be following that a kind of similar floor plan, you can kind of tell in the pictures they're all kind of like you can tell Grand Junction and Yorba Linda are kind of the same thing. But Yorba Linda has some cool designs to it and. Uh, you know, there's some good ones there. So go yeah. vote on them, folks. Uh, I also, I can dig the Linden yeah. Temple. Haley, how do you feel about the um, Provo Temple? Yeah, redo? I was just going to say there's definitely been controversy because I see a lot of, I used to live like near there and I've seen, in fact, we lived right behind the MTC for a bit and we'd see people drive in and to drop off things over the fence like Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, because <laughs> <laughs> we lived right so- by the fence. When I went oh. to the MTC, my family was still in town, and they actually went and picked up Del Taco, but they uh-huh. dropped it off at the like the at, you could drop you could do yeah. this legitimately, but they dropped it off in the front or wherever, and it oh, goes to yeah. the mail, and they goes to the mail room, but they didn't get it to me oh, in time, so no. I so I got it like two two days later. No. It was like Del Taco sitting in a bag. No, <laughs> see, that's why people had to go to the back. I, I didn't. And and my building was even right next to the back fence. Oh my gosh. Oh. oh. Well, missed opportunity. But yeah, no. So I've seen lots of my friends. Uh, well, a lot of artists also li- kind of live in that area. It's I don't know, just LDS artists and so I think some of them are kind of upset that they're kind of just um turning away from that kind of postmodern era look that that temple represented, but then I'm sure lots of people are happy because they didn't like it. So yeah, it's an interesting. <clears throat> the the, the word on the street from many is not that this is like about, oh, it's ugly. Let's fix it. Let's do something like that. Cause it's, or let's make it bigger. Cause it's actually one of the biggest temples in the church. There's not much more really? you can do to increase yeah. the number of people who can use it. Mm-hmm. What I've heard though, is that because the temple sits on a fault line, it's it was retro it had some seismic work done like five to seven years ago. Oh. But people in the know, this is all anecdotal, this is secondhand for me okay. too. But many have said that it's basically like 
if there was a decent earthquake, the temple would just pancake on itself. Ooh, and they can yeah. only do so much to do it without without going to the lengths they're going to Salt Lake. Right. Like really digging in there and redoing the whole thing and doing crazy work to me. And yeah. they probably at some point said, look, it's a famous building, but it's not as historic as Salt Lake where it merits like this level of attention. So it's mm-hmm. easier to tear it down and start over. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm. Yeah. Okay. But then, the, but it is a shame, I think, that they're going to start over with what is just kind of like a, another blandly modern temple design. That's right. Just, yeah. They just kind of all have the same, you know, general look, which I guess, you know, it, I mean, it's it, it'll be recognizable for people Will it? in Provo who don't know what an LDS temple looks I'm convinced, like. <laughs> I'm convinced, though, if you, if you took away like the backdrop from the Provo temple and some of the other designs, you wouldn't know which one is which. I think you'll only be able to identify Provo. In yeah. a pinch because of Rock Canyon behind it. Because exactly. that's very distinct. It's very distinctive. But otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It it will be weird. It will be weird having lived in that area and driven by it just thousands of times. It will be a little strange. But Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh well. All right, it's your turn. It's my turn. Yeah. I'm t- All right. I mean it, it means if you want to talk about something. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I really want to talk about the Tabernacle Choir. And their donation to the Actors Fund, a hundred thousand dollars. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, cool. I think that is so great. And over the years, they have benefited so much from all of the talented, I mean, just huge stars that have come to perform with them. And I think it's great that they're supporting the arts that way. And I think it's it's a fund that goes to help, you know. Um, not the people who aren't the big stars right now, but people who need a little bit more of a leg up. And um, I mean, if we as a church and as a culture aren't encouraging artists, then I think that's kind of actually hypocritical against what we stand for, which, you know, we support creativity and the arts and um, yeah, all of those good things that what is the like? What is the actors' fund exactly? Though, why is this significant? What does this mean? Um. Well, I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it just means that you know, it's. I actually don't know, like as everything that it goes toward, but from from what I read, it helps um, actors that you know, like apply to get aid i don't know <laughs> okay in the time in, in the time you stammered through that i'm going <laughs> but the uh no they're a 501c3 charitable organization just like our church go figure okay that support supports performers and behind the scenes workers in performing arts and entertainment i've heard they've they, they provide like direct assistance to people as you know COVID has not been kind on actors i mean a lot of these people who depend on these sorts of things for their livelihood, especially in the first year in 2020. I mean, everything shut down. Like, imagine if right. you're a, imagine if, imagine if you're a, a a theater worker, actor, or worker. Yeah, they're like, sorry, there's nothing to do. We can't do any shows for 10 months. Like, that's it. Like, what else do you do? You know. And so, uh, the fund is to help actors who are in need of help and yes. uh, provide services to them. And that is what I yeah, that is what I read. It provides aid to struggling entertainment professionals. Um, and I, maybe I, that's what, <laughs> so when you say it like that, maybe that's why some people are like, really, we're doing this like struggling actors. We're just giving them money. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, so many of them were 
devastated by the pandemic. I mean, that go be a waiter. Pitch me your screenplay during your shift. They couldn't even do that during 2020. I mean, it was just, I mean, so many jobs that were just gone for such a long time. So desperately needed for sure. And what I didn't realize is that the church's giving machines in um, New York, they also accepted donations to the Actors Fund. And I didn't know that was part of it either until I read this article. Yeah. You think that's, I figured it was all just kind of uniform giving machines, you know, buy someone a goat or (laughs) stuff like that. I think it is kind of different for different areas maybe, or I don't know. Do you think the one in Nashville is supporting some kind of nonprofit devoted to musicians? I wish it was. (laughs) I would go there to see if it was. No, we, somebody needs to answer that question because I would love to know that. What is cool here, and, and the one they presented it to was Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's he's a very talented actor and singer. He's performed with the Tabernacle Choir, and this goes more into detail about his actual history with them because it's easy to see like someone performs with the Tabernacle Choir, and that's like cool. We we got it was a get, we got him, and then maybe it built upon that. But it seems he's been involved with them for going back many many years, mm-hmm. long before uh, even his concert with them in the past couple of years, which is great to see. I mean, and he's a I mean, I'm trying to think what anybody would know him in. Um, and as far as more mainstream entertainment, like we were talking before, he was on Frasier playing Frasier's nemesis neighbor, Cam Winston, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he in- was also on uh, Fresh Prince. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he played the one that was going to be Hillary's fiance, the uh, the terrible um, newscaster. Oh, yeah. wow. No, I did not see him. I knew him from, there was a Broadway musical called Ragtime that mm-hmm. he started. And I, you know, used to listen to that soundtrack years ago. I mean, his voice is amazing. And he was in that with Audra McDonald, which, um, yeah, who has- Who is married to Will Swenson. That's right. And who, you know, has performed in Utah. And yeah, so yeah, Um, very talented guy. And I heard that, you know, Kristen Chenoweth also enjoyed her time performing with the choir. So that's fun because everybody loves Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) yes well because because she knew us she was changed (laughs) yes that's that's what they say that's what they say say. (laughs) all right so kind of a quick one here the new york times is weighted into the soda wars people this isn't like directly latter-day saints but it's it's mormon corridor enough and the article kind of talks about that so profile here in the new york times essentially about the proliferation of the the soda places all around the Intermountain West, you know the the swigs, the so delicious. There's a bunch of other ones I can't even remember. I always I always pick on those two. There's there's fizz. There's yeah. There's the bunch of brands that do this, and uh, obviously we can make jokes all day long about how because we don't consume alcohol and stuff like that, sugar is absolutely our vice as as a culture. Uh, which is manifested by the fact that you get a soda with then more sugar flavoring <laughs> added to it and you get a sugar cookie at the same time. Yeah. And that's great. I'm not in a place to judge. <laughs> My house is currently like a holiday party. Like there's just like platters of, of cookies and oh. mints and things just sitting around because of Christmas and I'm ODing. On yeah. The but um, it's kind of fun to read this to get sort of the context about why this exists in the Intermountain West, the, the Mormon Quarter, but also how it's expanded. And some of the the people who run these companies have said people assume this would kind of just be a Mormon thing, yeah. Latter-day Saint thing. Uh, but they've opened shops outside of those belts and they're still mm-hmm. doing well. 
I do wonder if there's a little bit of hubris though, when they basically are saying that, hey, look how Starbucks started. And like, <laughs> I we are, saw that. <laughs> they're I'm essentially like, saying like, we're going to take this to a Starbucks level. <laughs> there's just going to be soda everywhere. No, they, uh, they, have not met, they have not met many Coloradoans <laughs> because you try to get a Colo- person in Colorado to drink soda and they're like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what's soda? <laughs> what is- oh, come on. From the people who gave us Quiznos? Really? Really? No, uh, I mean they're 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 not going to drink that. That's that's not good for you. <laughs> they're um, all about. You also, get, their... you also gave us Chipotle, so that in fairness. <laughs> but then... they they've got to stay in peak you know form, just excellent health. And so we do have one soda shop though, and it was it's about twenty minutes away from me, and it was started by a guy who's not LDS, but he had visited Utah. And was like, this is a cool idea. So we set up this little place. It's called Sip. And I mean, I go there every once in a while. And he is just so happy to talk to me because he he knows that I know all the soda shops in Utah. He's like, tell me what, what treats You're do they have right them. now? And he's like, what cookies do they have? And I'm like... And he's like, my cookies aren't as good as theirs. I'm like, no, they're really not. <laughs> he's like, I don't. What should I sell? Like, what do you think I need? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, he's really wants to keep up with these Utah. No, what you do is you, you say, I'll tell you for twenty percent equity. I'll <laughs> I <let> know, <laughs> right? But I feel kind of bad because I'm like, there's no way this guy is just killing it in Colorado with this soda shop. So I hope I hope all the LDS people are coming out to go support him, but. Maybe he'd do better. Like, would he do better in the springs or oh, uh, Pueblo? Yeah, you think maybe. he might be do better? In, in the article, it said there was a fizz out here. I, I in Colorado. I need to look up where that is because I have not heard about well, obviously. that. But it might I mean, be I've the springs. Been, I've only been to one of these types of places. I went to it with the So Delicious in Provo oh, once, like yeah. like five years ago. Yeah, and that was it. But uh, Dirty Doctor Pepper was delightful. Doctor yeah. Pepper with with horchata mixed with it. Oh. Actually, no. Nice. Not the worst combination. Yeah, I like. I do like the diet Dr Pepper with um, coconut and raspberry puree. That is an excellent. It's actual raspberry puree, uh-huh. not raspberry syrup. A raspberry puree. puree. It's raspberry delicious. puree. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Actually, my friends and I were talking about this the other day. We're like, we how? Why wouldn't you just stay at home and make the drink yourself? But I think it becomes a sort of this like. It's like a ritual of like leaving the house and like going, you know, going out and this, it just feels like you're rewarding yourself for something or just like if, you know, if you treat yourself, you treat yourself by going to wait in line for an hour. Every time I'm in Utah, I get so frustrated because sometimes I'm like, I just need a quick soda, you know, as I'm running around and and then I go, I'm like, can I find one that doesn't have a line that's 45 minutes? I just don't have time for that. I wonder if I'd like if I were in the market if I would fall victim to this a lot. I don't I don't drink as much soda as I used to, but if I ever am like peckish for one though, for me it's just go to McDonald's because it's a buck. Give me a give me a Dr Pepper for a dollar. I'm done. Yeah. It's great. It's all I need. Yeah. But if there was one of these up the street as well, would I maybe say, oh yeah, yeah. you know? But but it's like the whole thing. It's the styrofoam cup. It's the pebble ice. It's the fresh lime. So, I mean, yes. it's- they're really environmentally conscious with all their styrofoam cups. I appreciate. No. no. It's, it's Utah. We, we don't wear masks and we love styrofoam. <laughs> I don't know. And we're going to find out somehow that pebble ice is also bad for the environment. I don't know how. <laughs> no, Producing know. it involves more CO2 emissions. I don't know what it is. But I something. know. And you can even buy your own pebble ice machines just online. So They're expensive. I, I do. Know. 
I'll, I'll agree. Pebble Ice is the best ice for drinks. I mean, there's no argument. Cafe Rio Ice, very good ice. Yeah. They, know what they're doing. they know what they're doing. No, I looked into those Pebble Ice machines. I'm like, no, that's that's too rich for my blood. Oh, come on. You, can, <laughs> you, can, you could ask for it. For, it's Chris, Christmas is coming. I don't know. Haley, Christmas Maybe is in here. the summer. Maybe <laughs> when I actually want to have Pebble Ice. You can know. get one. You'll start a whole like thing out of your garage. <laughs> all, all the ladies will come over. It's going to be this whole thing. I'll like, go, we have, yeah, I'll drive and ask have, the guy here. His we secrets. should have the Relief Society activity at Haley's house because she has the Pebble Ice Machine. Oh, so yeah. Fine. It would kill for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'll throw a couple quick mentions at you then while we're, while we're rolling here. Uh, okay. Rwanda, a country most of us in the West probably think of when we think of Hotel Rwanda, the yep. Don Cheadle film, Don which Cheadle. was uh, which was about the Rwanda genocide, which is a horrible, horrible dark mark yes. part of our of world history. Um, Rwanda has not had its own mission, and so the church has actually announced a couple of new missions recently, which they don't always do, kind of this time of year. But they announced on December tenth that the Rwanda Kigali, Kigali is the capital mission, will be created. In Rwanda, it's actually mm-hmm. Rwanda itself is actually split between three different missions right now, which is kind of interesting. So yeah. it's split between the Democratic Republic Republic of the Congo Kinshasa East, that's a mouthful, Democratic Republic of the Congo Lubumbashi, and the Uganda Kampala mission. Um, I don't know if that's like a Hutu and Tutsi, like trying to split them in that sense into different missions, and now they're making one. I don't know, but either way, they're going to have their own mission there. A uh, new mission president will be announced in January. I'm assuming the mission won't. Let me make sure I don't miss this. Yeah, it'll open in July because that's when they always do rotations mm. for mission presidents and missions. Yeah, and, and it's like the that. 39th mission in Africa. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Africa is awesome. a uh, a busy place for the work right now. I think that's a good sign either way. I mean, usually if you're bothered, and Rwanda, Rwanda is very densely populated, but mm-hmm. geographically it's not very big. So if you have, yeah, if they're saying it merits being its own mission, that means the work might be going somewhere there. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a great thing. So yeah, good for them. Very excited. They've also just so you know, there's uh, let's see. Eight new missions. Yeah, because they announced the Laie mission in, on December 3rd. They're going to have a separate mission in Hawaii now, just on the North Shore, I guess. Oh, wow. And and then the last time, they opened some a couple new ones elsewhere. Uh, a handful of them were in Africa. Ethiopia got its own mission in Addis Ababa. Mozambique, Barra mission. Tanzania. A handful of other places have had yeah. some new missions in recent years. So good to see, especially since the work you know kind of mm-hmm. slowed up a little bit uh, during the COVID times. So. Yeah. I, I was actually going to ask you, speaking of missions, um, so when you, did, did you serve an LDS mission? I sure did. That's why I was telling you all about the MTC and oh, Del Taco yeah, a little right, bit Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. No, well, you know, sometimes people don't make it past the MTC. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the statistics. I made it, I made it the full two years. Haley. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to know. Move on. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, no, but um, did you fi- like? I was fascinated by this because reading about the new um, directory where you can communicate with your mission president in LDS is it in member tools? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that just, I didn't serve an LDS mission. So is that like a thing where after your mission, you're just kind of like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to my mission president. And like, I mean, you have reunions and stuff, but you're not, yeah. you don't really have the ability to keep in touch. Is that, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It's a mix. I think this is cool. They've done this too. And it feels a need. I mean, I would say for the most part, there's been a lot of, there's like third party services that have been around for a very long time, you know, random mission sites owned by enterprising Latter-day Saints to keep people in touch and try to get you to make an account and all this. 
Uh, Facebook's obviously Facebook, played a, yeah. big, a big role in that. There are lots of mission groups, and I've seen mission presidents interact on there, even though they're not all on Facebook, but some are. And uh, it's a great way to keep in touch, but not everyone's on that either. But not everyone's also on member <laughs> tools. Yeah. But at the very least, if you have, like, you know, if you're like a member of the church, you have the ability to be on there. Yeah. But yeah, from what I've seen, this, it's kind of cool. It's opt in, but so it's a little bit separate from the regular information you share, but you can essentially, you can log in and opt to share your information with your mission president. And so I'm assuming mission presidents, mm-hmm. even after they're released, uh, they're, they have in the back end, the access table, they will forever have the ability to kind of like pull up another setting in there that says like, hey, my missionaries, whatever it is, and actually keep in touch with them. And yeah, for reunions or, you know, general harassment, whatever they're looking to do. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I wonder, is it, is like one of the ideas, like just to kind of keep tabs on people since maybe uh, there are more, you know, people starting to kind of leave at some point? I don't know. So so you wonder if this is actually sort of a defensive, a proactive defensive move. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I think we do a lot of things in the church that are to try to kind of like get ahead of stuff. Yeah, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I just, when I saw it, that was kind of one of the first things that popped into my head. You know, I'm sure those mission presidents, you know, like wonder what happens to to these young men and women after they leave their care. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is like, yeah, it's, you have to agree to do it on your end. So yeah. if you're in a place where you're not <laughs> as involved in church and it's, and the, the thing I appreciated is the church's own article about this interviewed some former mission presidents who spoke frankly about that. So it wasn't all just like sun and roses and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we've got like, you know, there's, even if they've like left the faith and they're not involved anymore, like sure. If we have a chance to still let them know we love them and we care about them. I mean, mm-hmm. we all look back fondly on these yeah. times together, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful for it. When I finished my mission, you know, Facebook wasn't a thing. Yeah. It didn't exist at the time or anything like that. And so it was a bit harder to kind of keep up with what was going on. I think social media has made that easier and it's it's cool to have this too. Yeah. Why not? That is cool. Um, I mean, my mission president's in the 70 now, so it's like really <laughs> easy to get in touch with them. My husband's but, uh, you know. former mission president is um, Elder Rasband, so... Did he talk a lot about religious freedom? Because that seems to be all that Rasband speaks about. I don't know. I should ask him. <laughs> what happened on the mission? Was it all like where 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 where, where was this? It was in um, up uh, New York North. Okay, just yeah. hanging out in the like Adirondacks or like New York City North. <laughs> no, I think it's like yeah, in, like New York City, like Bronx. It's like it's like, like the, the Bronx city. and White. Plains. Yeah, Bronx <laughs> and then Connecticut. Yeah. So it was like. Total opposites. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Well, let's see here in our waning moments. Uh, I've got another quick one here that just cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, good on you, LDS Living, for grabbing this. Anybody could have. But a viral TikTok <laughs> shows an Amazon worker posing as a Latter-day Saint missionary. I'm trying to make sure I understand the... Um, yeah, I don't know if they did this like intentionally or what happened, but what it is, someone ordered some stuff on Amazon and she put a note on the door, I think, that said like, make sure to hide the package from the husband. Well, in the video, it's her welcome mat. It says hide packages. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Okay, yeah. It's It, it says hide packages from husband. So then, yes. again, I don't know if like he just, because that, I mean, you could buy that anywhere, right? So that's not, so it's like he's like, he took it literally and went to hide the package. Yes. And got caught. And so, and so it, it goes to doorbell camera footage, you know, from a ring or a nest or something like that. Um, 
he notices the doormat, tries to hide it, and then he's about to leave. Then her hus- the, the husband opens the door and just says like, <laughs> is a that package? a package? Yeah. And the guy just turns around and just says, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I have a message about the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> And then the video cuts off, and I don't know what else happened after that, which is a, which is a bit unfortunate. It's a TikTok. I just want to know about this driver. Is he a member of the church? Yeah. That's very, yeah. that's very specific phrasing. You have to know the lingo to say it like that. Exactly. No one could just you know pull that out and just have that prepared unless someone's approached him with that and it's stuck in his head. You know, I mean, that talk about planting a seed. <laughs> I wonder why it says in the post, Amazon has my back, hashtag green screen video. I'm sure that's some TikTok thing. This doesn't, this isn't green screen. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't either. I don't know enough about TikTok, to be honest. I don't do the TikTok either way. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, no. I just think, I think the whole thing is funny. He's clearly wearing like, I, I don't know, a vest. And he's yeah. like, no. <laughs> but good for him for for going for it <laughs> oh there's a part two apparently Man, oh i just I went to the uh and what if the guy had sorry. said well yes i want to hear about that because <laughs> <laughs> you know the first rule of improv yes and <laughs> unless it's all staged mm, that's true might all be staged it could i don't want to be so cynical but i live in a world where maybe <sighs> that's true that's true this is sad don't want to think about that. <laughs> okay. Well, no, give us something happier. Um, Tom Christofferson posted on Facebook that um, he is, has decided he is going to um, start dating, which I okay. thought, first of all, was, um, you know, that could be a very private thing. And yet he posts that public out, publicly on Facebook. Um, and as someone who a lot of, people or, you know, members in the LGBTQ plus community look to, um, I thought that that was interesting that he made that public so that, you know, this is what I'm choosing to do for myself and my happiness. And I'm going to attempt to do this within like my, within the standards of the church. So I think that's great. Did you ever read his book, his book by any chance? No. I've listened to him on several. I've listened to several interviews with him and read things, but not his book. I mean, if you, I imagine his interviews covered a lot of the book. You know, his general story, how you know, and you know, of course, he's the brother of Elder D. Todd, D. Todd of the yep. of the Twelve, which I love in the book because he speaks, you know, much as you would imagine, much more familiarly with. He just talks about like, yeah, well, Todd came over, and then you know. I, I talk. <laughs> But the the book's definitely definitely worth a read. Um, okay. I remember one part that I thought was really interesting. I think it was dealing with kind of Prop Eight when that was going yeah. down in California, and like his brother was in, like his first thought was simply like, "How do I navigate this with my brother being who he is?" And like he was, and credit to Elder Christopherson as well for I'm assuming approving being the, you know this open about personal communication between the two of them. But I think yeah. But uh, yeah, Tom, as he came back to the church, he basically just became essentially celibate, which I think is yeah. one of those hard choices a lot of gay members of the church mm-hmm. make, or they feel like they have to make. And I don't, I don't know what that's like. I'm not in those in those shoes. Um, but that's obviously not an easy thing if you feel like, yeah, I care about the gospel and it means I'm going to forego companionship so that I can 
mm-hmm. be involved in the church, you know, and, and be in full communion for to use an expression we don't really use yeah. in our church. But um and I don't know where like the quote unquote line is. Like he stresses, like you said, he's gonna he wants kids to keep the law of chastity and all that. Yeah, I don't as know. Any I don't know single if single member would but like, yeah. you know, single members will hold hands and make out and stuff. Is yeah. that is that kosher for the LGBTQ saints among us? I don't think anyone's fully spelled that out or not. I don't know. I don't have those answers, but I think you just got to kind of be prayerful yeah. about it. So, I know. It probably varies from bishop to bishop and stake to stake, quite honestly. I don't know. So good for Tom. Yeah. Uh, real quick here, I think very interesting article that we could spend a lot of time on, but we're not going to. But the vicious 150-year rivalry between Utah's two biggest newspapers. So good on the Washington Post oh, yeah. for deciding to write a deep dive breakdown of the Deseret, the rivalry between the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune, the genesis of both papers, why they exist, and sort of, I, I mean, People get on the Tribs case a lot because they think it is an anti-Latter-day Saint rag oftentimes. I think sometimes it does have, sometimes it goes out of its way to be that way. But at the same time, I think the Tribune also produces some like really good journalism that's very important for us as Latter-day yeah. Saints to, to, to consider different points of view. And, and other things like the, the entire um, sexual abuse scandals at BYU would not have come to light were not for the Tribs reporting, for example. And Deseret News is not going to do that. They're just not... They're just not going to do that. That's not their lane. Right. Yeah. Church right. owned. Yeah. Church yeah. yeah. entities. But anyway, so it's um, it's kind of fascinating to go, man, I just like, there's so much of the history I didn't know about. Um, like when you, when you really realize, obviously, how much the press factors into our history, of course, going all the way back to Joseph Smith reco- destroying the printing press for the Nauvoo Expositor, which is essentially what led to yes. the martyrdom, which like this, we've, we know this. But literally seeing that it was disaffected members of the church in Salt Lake who went on to start what became the Salt Lake Tribune and like specifically to be like a thorn in Brigham Young's side. Uh-huh. Like that was the reason it existed. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are many who might be listening who say, well, no, duh, they've carried that tradition on well <laughs> to the modern day. But, uh, yeah. I mean, um, there's so much. We could, this is a pretty decent, decent length piece, which as long as you don't get blocked from it, because it's, uh, you know, yeah. you can be paywallish when you're with the post. But absolutely worth your time to read and learn a little bit about the history of these two papers and so sort of how they've diverged, yeah. how they've come together, especially that weird revenue sharing agreement they had at one point in time. Now how the Tribune is a registered nonprofit, which might be the way forward for a lot of smaller newspapers. So they don't either go out of business or get gobbled up by the Sinclairs and the other, yeah. you know, the, the giant Corp, the media corporations in our country that own a lot of the local newspapers um, and then tell them what they actually have to say rather than just cover local news. Uh, it's uh, yeah, pretty interesting read. It's, well, a, it's then, a fun read. And if you were those guys that started, you know, what was or the original Tribune, I can't remember what it was called before it was called the Tribune, but it, I mean, just Brigham Young didn't want to have any sort of, he was controlling the economy. Like he only wanted to have like Mormon, like based economies incoming and outgoing. And these guys are like, okay, that's not cool because you know, there's mining there's stuff that, you know, and and that was kind of the motivation. And I, I mean, I kind of would agree with them. Like you can't just control the entire economy. I mean, I guess. Like in in some ways you understand the desire to cut yourself off even economically from the rest of the country. I mean, there yeah. was quite theocratic and it was very theocratic, not- but 
not necessarily, yeah, the most practical or no, I don't know. and not having to deal with pesky neighbors anymore. There's no, there's no Missourians, there's no Illinoisians, there's no yeah of Quincy wondering when you're going to move on. You know, it's just like nope. We got rid of all of them and now we can do what we want. And uh, we Yeah, I mean, who among us has not wanted part. to start like an artist compound in the mountains and go exactly. off the grid? <laughs> I mean, exactly. But at some point, you have to go buy groceries. I mean, you have to interact with the modern world. So <laughs> it just wasn't. But you don't. You don't. You don't. <laughs> it just wasn't feasible. Fine. We'll invite some chefs. And no, no. You know, you make a really good point, though. Because even I remember like when I was I was driving through southern Ohio years ago, which is Ohio's actually got a very large Amish population. Yeah. Pennsylvania gets all the love, but there are a lot of Amish <laughs> people in Ohio. Yeah. And, and uh, you can pull over and go to these bakeries and stuff, but even some of those practicalities, like the Amish people know their market and you've got Amish people like speaking in Pennsylvania or like d- lower Dutch to one another, but like using, uh, you know, s- square or something to make payments. <laughs> You're like, because well. they know they're like, as George Costanza <laughs> would say, you know, we are living in a society <laughs> and that's, and those are the practicalities. So, anyways, this is a this is a great read. You should really uh, take your time and check it out. It's fun if you care about media in general, and it also provides a lot of context, I think, for Deseret News and Salt Lake today, the Trib today, and the Trib's in a very interesting place because now it's owned by one of the Huntsman brothers, uh, a Huntsman who's active in the church and cares about the Trib still like doing its job, but also not making it just be kind of like oppositional for oppositional sake or anything like huh. that. But it, it's it's all very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Well, anything else you want to go out on here, Haley, before we wrap it up? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the articles I really enjoyed was about uh, Pocatello and the interfaith mm-hmm. um, relationships there with the church and the Jewish community. Um, there's, I guess, kind of been this history with this local temple Jewish temple in Pocatello um, and the saints there, and they've helped each other. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he is, if you, I don't know if you have that. Um, I can pull it up here. Yeah. <laughs> he actually helped with the groundbreaking of the temple, but then when his, of the LDS temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a tale of two temples. A tale of two temples. And then when his temple and his community needed some help with some outdoor renovations, um, I think it was the stake president there. They're like, oh, well, you're our friend. We'll come help you. We'll bring people. And we know that LDS will show up with people and with trucks. And that's what they did. They showed up with just people in trucks and droves and just got everything done. And um, they, the members of that, community were really impressed and grateful. And I just love stories. I love interfaith, you know, works going on and it's inspiring. Makes me want to do more of that. That's cool. I love that this, like you said, he got to turn the shovel at the Pocatello groundbreaking. You know, that temple was dedicated just a matter of weeks ago. I think that's great. Awesome that they can do that. Yeah. Good on them. All right. My last one here, everybody. Just some great news for fans of erstwhile U.S. Senator, one Jeff Flake of Arizona, everybody. That's right. Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake, who uh, had an interesting time in Congress during his one term there. Um, If you followed the saga of Jeff Flake, he was senator during an interesting time to be a moderate, seemingly like nice person in the Senate. Um, 
but he's since left, right? He's not, he's not there anymore. But he was appointed by the Biden administration, which I'm sure some of you will roll your eyes at because you'll say, see, there it is. He was a rhino all along. <laughs> but, Jeff Flake, but Jeff Flake, regardless, serving his country, was uh, appointed to be the ambassador to Turkey, which is great. You know, diplomatic presence is wonderful. And he was sworn in by Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, of course, why this matters to us, Jeff Flake is an active member of our faith, an active Latter-day Saint. And I love this picture screen grab from Vice President Harris's uh, Twitter account of Jeff Flake being sworn in as ambassador to Turkey and his hand is right on top of a nice, big, beautiful brown quad. And there is no mistaking that that is a quad. That is not any other piece of scripture. And that answers the question. People say like, if you were like, if Mormon becomes president, like, would you, would you, would you put your hand on the book of Mormon? Jeff Flake's like, no, I've got this covered. It's got the Bible the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Portal of Great Price. There's no, qu- I'm not leaving out any scriptures. We've got them all covered, so so they're all equally yeah. represented. So, anyways, I just, uh, I think it's very easy for anybody to just totally miss that who's not aware of our faith traditions and our beliefs and stuff like that. But I, I don't, I don't, I can't remember if like, I don't know, like if like Mitt Romney was sworn into the Senate or anybody. I need to look around at other like Latter Day Saint politicians who have been sworn in and yeah. see what No, I don't do. know. I'm just looking at the VP's Instagram and she put it on there too. And so now I'm probably going to after this going to go down the comments rabbit hole to see if anyone else pointed that out. Oh, someone must have. So far they they don't say very nice things, but um <laughs> I really want Yeah, I want some Social media is a mean place. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so surprised what's happening. Oh, what a strange. Oh, man. Anyways, that's cool. I think that's fun. If yeah. I ever run for office, I too will use, you know, I will either use a quad or to really troll America, I will use my Catalan language book of Mormon to really make people be like, what the heck is happening? In this <laughs> that's right. I want us all to speak Catalan in this country. That's, that's the I'm Adamic out. language. <laughs> Take that, suckers. <laughs> anyway, well, this has been great, everybody. Thanks for uh, being here and taking part in the news with us. Uh, once again, go to our website, thisweekinmormons.com. You can get all the show notes for this, transcript of this show, links to all the articles we've spoken about, yada, yada, yada. Um, and of course, follow us on social media where we try not to be mean, but at least interesting. You know, like we're not going to be rude to you or anything. And if you disagree with us, that's fine. But, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the big three, join us on those. And, uh, Big shout out, of course, to our YouTube watchers. Yeah, who like to see us talking. We love you guys. Thanks for being a part of this. And oh, thank you to wow. our patrons on, on Patreon who uh, help financially support the show. Very much appreciated. If you want to do the same, go find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash This Week in Mormons. You can find Haley, of course, in an unnamed mysterious movie that she can't <laughs> tell too much about, but something might happen at some point. Uh, in time. Yeah, I think Is it's- that because- I think is it because the, it's going to be rated R and you no, don't want to tell us? No, no, no. It's a family is? movie. I think the- With Will well, Forte? Really? Yeah. I think- The MacGruber trailer just dropped last week. I don't know if I believe you, but okay. I'm oh, man. That will be fun. Um, I think it's called Aliens Abducted My Parents and I Kind of Feel Left Out is the full title. <laughs> but on set, we just call it Aliens. But then I've also seen Aliens Abducted My Parents. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, well, aliens itself is already a film, you know. So that's that. It's one. not. Yeah, it's not aliens. Um, it's not a James Cameron action movie. Okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's going to be a really fun family comedy. But so I don't know when it's going to come out. I'll keep you posted. 
Okay. How was stuff with um? We got to go, but how was stuff with uh? Once I was engaged, once was I everyone was happy engaged. with once I was engaged? I mean, I with it. I think so. I, I mean, it's um, you can get it now, DVD, Blu-ray, a Deseret book, and hopefully at some point it will be digital, digital somewhere, somewhere streaming. Um. Oh, it'll be on Living Scriptures before like, <laughs> the years out. Yeah, yeah. We That's just cool. we just don't you know just, where yet. Um, I think I think you can stream the entire like hailstorm filmography, you know. So when you're dying to watch the home teachers mm. and the RM back to back, you have you have yes that new weekend plans. Thanks for that. <laughs> Can't wait. There we go. Oh man, um, yeah. No, it, I mean, it's it's been fun. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we we'd like to get it out there to more people. So we'll you know. Follow the Instagram or Facebook to find out. Well, when it's going it to be, be coming out, we'll make sure to get you and Will Forte on the show, and oh. then I will <laughs> I will derail the entire program and just ask him about the Last Man on Earth, and we'll talk. Yes, about him that's that's all that I asked him about when I met him, <laughs> and he loves to talk about it. So I was it ended okay, but I was bummed it ended without getting an actual like you know you know I know it just kind of ended. I know which happens, it was so sad because it kind of like was gonna get like really exciting i don't know i yeah it's, i'm gonna say it's not for everybody folks i can't recommend it to all of you but i thought it was such a bizarre it was a, a very interesting program i, and I, I it. loved it we watched it yeah consistently it was a very bizarre little program one I of my it. favorite bits is him in that inflatable dinosaur <laughs> i don't know why that was so funny <laughs> but <laughs> Was that one in season three when they found the Silicon Valley office and they were living in that one? Maybe. Yeah. So. You know, every season they live somewhere else. Yeah. And there was season four when they were in the Hacienda in Mexico. <laughs> yes. and like, yes. It's so great. All that stuff. Well, anyways, we digress. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Haley Smith, great, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been fun. Pleasure to have you. And thanks for all you listening. Can't do it without you. Seriously. So, thanks for being a part of this show. And we hope you'll share it with everybody else. And until we talk again, this has been This Week in Mormons for Haley. I'm Jeff. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.